Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Get Geek Podcast, where we celebrate geek, nerd, and pop culture. Each week, we deliver the best analysis for fans, by fans, on anything related to movies, TV, video games, comics, anime, and manga. We talk geek. And now, here's the Get Geek Podcast. I, I just say the order that we normally do it, right? Which is uh, Jose, and me, then you and the boys? Yeah, I guess. <clears throat> okay. Are we doing it backwards sometimes, though? Remember, where you have like that to keep it well, becoming, becoming too stale? I mean, I think well, we last really time we started that way in the last couple of couple yeah, of podcasts, I mean, we've just okay. All right, yeah, so yeah, let's go. We're fine. Okay, that works. So wait, um, so just start. <laughs> oh man, I feel what it do, what it do, guys. Yeah, yeah. What's what's? We're finally recording. Yeah, we we had some it issues. Took to us get only to this forty eight minutes. Yeah, forty-eight minutes. Yeah, this is really this is life life in coronavirus <laughs> times, I guess. Right? You know what this yeah. is? This is something that we want to apologize to our fans for when we're going to have some sound artifacts as we record <laughs> remotely right now uh, because of the coronavirus, and we're very sorry about that. We're doing the best we can to iron out any sound issues, but thank you. To those of you out there that are listening and are dealing with any sound issue crap. Um, anyway, I guess we should introduce ourselves, right? I'm Jose. I'm Gabe, a.k.a. Wolfie. AJ. Eli. And this is Frustrated Walt, that we can't <laughs> get these mics working. Nowhere else we're frustrated about. No, we're not frustrated about it. We think you. We think that, that if you enjoy the podcast, we hope that you will like, rate, share, and subscribe for us on our various podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all where iTunes, where all of your favorite podcast platforms are sold. And of course, again, like, rate, share, and subscribe, because that's the best way to support us geeks in this time of dire geekdom when the world is shut down by the coronavirus. So guys, please do that. Like, rate, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Um, geeks need to stay together. Yeah, geeks need to stay together. So what are we talking about today, guys? What's the topic? Well, hey, Gabe, shouldn't we, we talk about the giveaway that we're doing right now? That sounds important. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we're doing a giveaway. It's currently running right now. You guys are going to have the rest of this week to um, go to our, Insta- our Instagram page and enter the contest. And we are giving away the... Uh, Pop number 379, the child with the frog in his mouth. So we got little baby Yoda, a.k.a. the child, eating the frog. It was uh, it kind of looks a little scary, it's but creepy, it's, yeah. you know, it's baby Yoda. So everything is kind of cute, you know, in its own way. So um, this is like the first time that we see him kind of being a little bit of a creep. You know, this is, uh, I think, from episode four, right? The one where they were in the uh, village. Mm-hmm. And he just saw a frog and started trying to eat it. And all the kids are like, ew. Um, so it's another exclusive pop. And you guys have the week to enter. All you got to do is make sure that you follow our Instagram page, uh, like the post, and 
tag a friend. Now, the difference between this contest and all the other ones that we've run before, we are letting you enter as many times as possible, as many times as you want. So you have unlimited entries. So tag away. All you got to do is tag one friend and tag another friend. And the more entries you have, the higher chance you have at winning the uh, pop. So, you know, good luck to you all. Go for it. Good luck to those who are uh, entering our Yoda, baby Yoda giveaway. Um, so we are doing a, a geek out episode this week. We're just going to talk about what we've been geeking out about, of course, as the name implies, over the last couple of weeks. Um, and we certainly have some games that we've been interested in over the last couple of weeks. But for me, I guess I'll start. Um, what I've been geeking out about are a couple of things recently. Obviously, there's a lot of time to to watch old shows and um, read old manga and things like that. That's actually what I've been doing to take advantage. Um, the first thing that I've been geeking out about is kind of, it's, it's an old anime. It's been around for a while, since 1998. It's one of the most popular anime of all time, but um, I'm always catching up on some old stuff. It's Cowboy Bebop. Uh, I actually hadn't seen the anime until recently, and I've been watching it, and I've been watching it really, really slowly, taking my time with it, because, you know, it's 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 not that long. It's only about um, 26 episodes, I think, is the anime. So it's something that I just want to take my time with. I want to try to take my time to savor my, uh, my time, I should say, with Spike and um, Jet... Faye and and Ed, all the other characters. Um, but I've been geeking out about the show and how well animated and beautiful and interesting it is, and the the great characters that the that are so popular over the last twenty or so years. And I've also been geeking out about the soundtrack because the music in this is is absolutely it is awesome. fantastic the 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 soundtrack for Cowboy Bop and they know that that's one of the things that really like lifts it up and makes it a kind of yep. a work of art as an anime and they just recently released uh, the soundtrack on Spotify i believe if that's if I, I believe that's correct they just released the yeah, yeah, soundtrack yeah. on mm-hmm. Spotify so i've been listening to it as well and i just been geeking out about that listening to it in just about every other situation any situation i should say whether i'm working out or whether i'm driving or whether i'm doing whatever it's just cowboy bebop constantly so i haven't finished that and and i know it's 20 something years old but i don't want to spoil any of it i just want to mention it really quickly and like if you haven't seen cowboy bebop like me because i'm a weirdo watch cowboy bebop and definitely listen to the soundtrack um that's uh it's a really good time to to watch it now considering that netflix is trying to do a live action adaptation for it so it's a perfect time to revisit it that's also true i think john cho is going to be spike um yep yeah i think it's going to be super dope and i think this is going to be one of those animes that's going to look good live action. he got hurt didn't Probably he would yeah john cho yeah didn't he get hurt during the 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 making of the the show and they had to postpone it for a bit it's possible i think so actually like in the first month of production he he did get hurt and they uh, were worried that they were gonna have to bring someone else in, and then John Cho was like, "Nope, I, I, like he really wants to do it." He was like, <clears throat> "You know, let let him recover. He he doesn't want to step away from me. He really want that role." So, um, they 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 kind of put production on pause for him to heal up. 
Yeah, that's cool, and that's I can see that. Spike is a very he plays Spike. Spike is a very physical character on the show. He beats the crap out of everybody, and he's really good at it too. So I can see, yeah, like somebody getting injured, and John Cho hasn't done like a lot of action. So maybe him just kind of jumping into this and and maybe being a really, really worthy spike in terms of the combat um, was stretching it a little bit too far. But I'm curious to see that too, because what is it? uh, Bush, the guy who plays Bushmaster, uh, Lord, what the heck's his name? He's he's Jet Black on the show. So there's a pretty good cast that they're putting together. Um, That works. Yeah, it's definitely, you're right. It's a good time to check out Cowboy Bebop now, not just for the for the fact that it's a classic anime, but for the soundtrack and for the live-action Netflix show that I think comes out next year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so check it out, Cowboy Bebop. The other thing that I've been watching, I'm not as far behind on this one, um, but I've been watching The Watchmen on HBO. I'm only a few episodes in. Who um, watches okay. The Watchmen? Yeah, I'm four episodes in, I think. And, I mean, it's really, really, really good. It's really intense. That's how my girlfriend put it. And I have to agree, that's one of the easiest ways to describe it. It's very intense because of the the themes of, you know, prejudice and, and power and racism and all these really heavy themes that are built up by the inciting event uh, on the show. And it's, of course, it's it's based on the comic. For those who don't know what the Watchmen TV show is about, it's about 30 years after the ending of the comic, which is a little different from the ending of the movie. Uh, they have the giant squid that kind of destroys the city instead of the, the nuke in the comic. So that's kind of something that gets followed up on. They have squid raining, squid rain showers and stuff like that in the TV show. Um, the Regina, Regina King is in it. And she she plays, um, well, she's the main character. I'm not going to give too much away about this either because this is relatively new, so I'm going to stay spoiler-free on this as well. But she's the main character of the show. Don Johnson is in it, and he plays a central role. Louis Gossett Jr. is a, a big character on the show. Um, and, oh, geez, I can't remember what his name is right now, but he's always a really great actor. Uh, he plays Looking Glass, who's another important character on the show. And this is thirty years yeah. after the the comic. What what what's what were you gonna say, Walt? Yeah, I I don't know. He's a character actor. He's but he's in he's been in a lot of things. Yeah, I gotta look I him up because I gotta I gotta shout him out because I love him in, in everything that he's in and so far in this as well. Let me see if I can find that. He's really really good. I'm actually trying to look it up with one hand right now while I kind of go through it here. Tim Blake Nelson, that's his name. Tim Blake go. Nelson. Yeah, he's a really, really great character actor, and I'm really enjoying his character in this so far. He's a character called Looking Glass, and he's kind of like he is. Uh, he's kind of like the the interrogator of of the group because it's like a group of police is kind of what the the show starts centered around, and it kind of expands out to a, a larger conspiracy. We'll call it from there that includes some characters from the original Watchmen comic. Um, it's really well acted. Um, Jeremy Irons is in it also. I can't forget him. He does a great job in it as well. Um, and there's just a lot of great actors. Yeah, he's, in it. he's nominated for that for that role also, isn't he? He is nominated for it. I, I could imagine. Yeah, like, I do believe so. Yeah, he does a great job so far. Jean Smart is in it as well. She's another great actress. That's a good character actress. That's in a lot of really really good shows. Um, and there's only this one season, so like just like Cowboy Bebop, I'm I'm trying not to fly through it 
um, watching it with my girlfriend also. So we're kind of taking our time and trying to uh, go through the nine episodes relatively quickly, but like, you know, savor it while it's here since again, there's going to be no second season or anything like that, or at least there's no planned second season. And that's really, really good so far. I've been watching that. Like I said, we're about four episodes in the action is fun. Um, the acting is great. The, the special effects, the cinematography, just about everything is, is top notch. And like you said, there's some nominations. A lot of people were nominated for the show. I think Regina King was also nominated and there were a lot of nominations for the show in general for the Emmys. And so far I can see in just a few episodes that I've seen, I can definitely see why it's why it was so well received, why it was so impactful uh, because of the subject material that's included in it and why it's so, so heavily nominated right now. It's definitely a great show and I can't wait to finish it and maybe have some more to say about it at that point. I don't know if you guys have checked it out or not yet, but it's definitely worth checking out. Mm-hmm. I, I've actually seen like the first couple of episodes, but for some reason I just fell off on it. But I do remember how great it is, and I I really want to get back into it. So yes. you know, hopefully sometime soon I can I can catch up. It's, it's only nine episodes, right? Yeah, it's nine episodes. It's one season. It's it's the golden age of television, man. It's like everything draws you in a million yes. different directions. So, so there's so much good stuff. So much yeah and this one like i said it's one season so it's like it'll be there and like there's nothing i need to catch up on and i really want to see it but like there's no hurry when there are other maybe that's the reason why i I haven't done it also because i know that you know like you said Mm -hmm. there's no second season so there's no rush right yeah it's not like chernobyl where there are like five or six episodes where you can get through it really quickly so yeah i mean Still no excuse on my part. Definitely check it I mean, out. It's kind of funny because I also haven't finished it. I'm, yeah. I've seen five episodes and then for some reason around the same time, like maybe we were all kind of, you know, maybe geeking out about like something else at the same time. And, and we've kind of fallen off. This is around the time of Star Wars, actually. So we weren't geeking out about stuff, but we were complaining mm-hmm. a lot. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was it was, it was, it was you know when something comes crashing down everything else tends to burn yeah yeah so <laughs> um oh, but it's really boy. good but like yeah it's it's intense so maybe that's a part of it too maybe that's why you kind of got to step away from it for a bit or you need like help from somebody else that's really into it and it's definitely you know, that that is true it's definitely good to i i also <laughs> stepped away from it the first time because yeah this is the second time i started to watch it I was about two episodes in the first time. And then, I, like I said, I started watching with my girlfriend. She kind of helped me out to get through it. But I stepped away partially because I, and I still didn't do this either. I wanted to wa- uh, read the entire graphic novel because I know it's more based on that. But she wanted to watch it and it's really good. So I was like, it's, it's fine. I'll definitely read the graphic novel also because that will always be there. And I have enough of an understanding from the movie of who the characters are. So it's, it's been cool. good so far. Um, the main thing that I've been geeking out about, though, is um, another Junji Ito manga that I just finished yesterday. Uh, I've taken some time over the last couple of days to read a little bit more and try to enjoy that. So I finished in about a week. I finished Tomie. Um, and that was really, really awesome. I, I have only read so far. I've read Uzumaki. I've read Tomie. This is the second one that I've read. Uh, that's not true, actually. I've also read Shiver, which is a, more of a collection. It's not like a, a single anthology story like 
like uh, Tomie or Uzumaki. And I've definitely seen some of the the Junji Ito anime on, on Crunchyroll. I've checked that out. Um, so I'm pretty new to Junji Ito and I have Gyo, which I also purchased like a, a few months ago that I haven't read. That's the last one that I have in terms of his manga books that I haven't read. Um, Tomie was definitely pretty interesting, pretty awesome. Um, so for those who don't know anything about it, I'll try to remain mostly spoiler free on it on this as well. For anybody that wants to check it out, it's a pretty old manga at this point. It's been out for a couple of decades now, but um, we'll, we'll try to stay spoilers free, like I said. So Tomie is basically, a, uh, it's a horror manga, like all of Junji Ito's work. And it's about a girl named Tomie who is, she's essentially kind of like an immortal. She's like Deadpool. You can, you can kill her, you can dismember her, you can do all this crazy stuff to her. And like, she doesn't die. And she's also this young girl. She's like a teenager. She's like a high school girl, 17, 18, something like that. And she's like so alluringly beautiful that every man that, that meets her is like enthralled by her, falls in love with her and like wants to impress her, like goes crazy, does crazy things for her and over her. Um, and for, for whatever other reason, it's really weird also because her power that allows her to draw men in and she has a power also, like I said, that she can regenerate like freaking Deadpool. Uh, another thing that happens is she, her power forces men to want to kill her and cut her into pieces. It's really weird, really morbid really creepy and that's that's like um a basic outline of what Tomie is about so it's like all these these series of short stories that come together into this one larger manga because a lot of Junji Ito's work was in periodicals and magazines and things like that and he would do one strip and then connect it all together over time um the story is really really good and really interesting it's a little bit more connective through Tomie than Uzumaki was because Uzumaki was a little bit more, a little bit more out there in terms of the different stories that were told. They were connected by the two main characters in Uzumaki, but Tomie, the stories here in Tomie are a little bit more interesting because there's like more background into what gives her her power in certain short stories and more background into her weaknesses and all this other stuff that you find slowly uncovered in each short story in each, each anthology or in each each i should say um each issue that that leads to the larger larger manga book but the other thing that's also really interesting about it is that i think tomie was something that that junji ito started working on when he was closer to just starting out in creating manga and when he was, I think he was a dental hygienist or something like that before he did manga. So you can see the difference, you know, you can see the, you can see how early on his, his art isn't that good. The art in the manga isn't that good. And you can see in each chapter slowly, but surely how the, the art improves to become the, the iconic and really, really highly stylized and really great looking art that Junji Ito is well known for. Um, so it's a really good story. It's really interesting. 
I just finished it. I'm going to get into Gyo here in a day or two. I'm just taking a, a step away from Junji Ito and dark manga for a little bit because I was reading it uh, at night here. And I also read it. Uh, I went with my girlfriend to upstate New York and we spent a couple of days in a camper, um, which was pretty cool because, you know, we got to hang out in nature and see the stars and all that. But I was reading like Tomie at like 1230 or one o'clock in the morning. So like, that's like the creepiest time to read stuff like that when it's like super dark outside. Um, but yeah, it was really interesting and it's worth checking out. And I don't know if you finished checking out Uzumaki or not yet, Walt, but I'll lend this to you when, if, and when you finish that. So that's my, uh, yeah, let me, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Let me, let me try and finish, uh, Uzumaki because that is a large book. There's a lot. They're all to, big, yeah. and it's a lot to digest. Also, they're all pretty, so pretty large. I think uh, Tomi uh, Tomi is not quite as long as Uzumaki, but it's pretty brisk when you get through it. Because remember, it's just a comic book, basically. It's just um, you know a couple of a couple of blurbs, and then you move move to the next page and to the next panel. So it's pretty brisk once you get through it. Definitely check it out. That's that's me. That's what I've been geeking out over for the last week or so. Uh, <clears throat> okay, I guess I'll pick up where you left off. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> sorry, I got like a frog in my throat. Uh, speaking of frogs and throats, I need to actually do a <laughs> correction. Um, that was a pretty awesome segue. <laughs> that was good. So for when I mentioned the, our giveaway, I mentioned the wrong pop giveaway. So I know that I probably just got you guys excited. Hopefully you guys went and already saw that there was a little bit of confusion on the pop that I have that we posted up. But it is not the uh, child with the frog in the mouth. Uh, I guess uh, I just spoiled what our future uh, giveaway is going to be. But the one that we're actually giving away right now is actually pop number 368, which is just the, the child holding up his hand, um, you know, in the scene where he's stopping the mud horn but it's just a child uh basic baby yoda still super cute still super awesome you should still totally enter and tag a bunch of other fans of the mandalorian and baby yoda so <laughs> apologize for that um so anyway the frog is out of the bag because now you know what our future giveaway is going <laughs> to be still baby yoda it's still awesome. um yeah, listen. That so, little baby frog with the little baby Yoda with the frog is a little disturbing, though. That's <laughs> if you look at it, yeah, it can be. The frog lives for another day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but also to kind of jump onto uh, your Giga Jose, mm-hmm. um, for those of you guys that are fans of Cowboy Bebop and haven't seen Samurai Champloo, should totally check out Samurai Champloo. Mm-hmm. It's in the same style, I believe. It's uh, animated by the same team, um, and uh, the the music is very similar to uh to cowboy bebop so um music being the soundtrack being a very key and integral part to uh what makes cowboy bebop amazing um samurai champloo is another uh really awesome show to check out if you haven't so Mm -hmm. speaking of Mm -hmm. which my geek out is pretty much going to be all on samurai stuff i've been on like a samurai kick and japanese film kick ever since uh picking up ghost of tsushima um, I've loved. I've been loving the the story and the gameplay and and the game itself for, you know, for the last couple of weeks. And it's, you know, when I when I'm a little bit tired or 
or I have to do some actual work. I need to have something in the background. I've been putting on a bunch of uh, old school samurai movies. And one film that I've always wanted to delve into and check out because it's a, uh, a staple, not just in uh, Japanese, you know, the Japanese film industry, but in just all of film is Akira Kurosawa's uh, Seven Samurai. Nice. You know, it's something that I've always wanted to sit and pay attention to and watch and appreciate, but I haven't because it's a bit of a long movie. It's about three and a half hours. And being a movie that's made, I think, in the 50s or I think it's late 50s. Yeah, 19. Three and a half hour movie mm-hmm. is, you know, it's, 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 there's a certain style to the filming and all that stuff that's, uh, a bit jarring if you didn't grow up in that era. So, I mean, Walt is probably okay with that kind of era of film, you know, his era, but, <laughs> um, <Cold>. the, uh, <laughs> but no, I finally saw it and I, I totally get like why he's gotten so much praise. Yeah. Not only is the, the acting is, is, is great. It's wonderful. But the, the story of the seven samurai was the way that it was told was, was, right amazing it's not your typical like i've seen a lot of old movies and stuff and it's pretty straightforward story you can kind of like tell you know where the character's development is going to be but with seven samurai a lot of the characters their actual motivations aren't really revealed until the third act their reason for being isn't revealed until third act and some characters that i looked at as um you know just you know just sub characters or just you know filling out the space of the seven samurai um, or 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 um, taking over the space of let's say the comedic role, the comic relief. Turns out that they have a really really compelling backstory that makes me really connect with them. And um, you know, not to spoil anything in the end, but you know, there are some big climactic scenes that make you really feel for the characters and for the ending itself. Um, also, Akira has been known for pioneering a lot of new styles of filming especially in the 50s um i don't remember the terms for the filming but he's one of the first uh directors to use a rolling camera zooming in and zooming out in motion um you know for action sequences and and so on and so forth so i i totally get why he's gotten so much praise in the film industry but that wasn't enough so after i was geeking out over uh, Seven Samurai. I had to, you know, keep watching stuff. So I started to look at like other films inspired by Akira Kurosawa, and I started checking out um, Thirteen Assassins as well as Harakiri, which I am blanking right now on the amazing director's name is Miiki. Uh, what's his last name? Takashi you Miike. Know. Huh? Takashi Miike. Takashi Miike. Okay. Yep. His 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 style of filming is amazing. He's also a little bit depressing, uh, considering that Harakiri, Harakiri is literally a film completely surrounding the act of committing seppuku, which is the act of self sacrifice to die an honorable samurai's death. You take a uh, daito or a tanto and you stab yourself in the stomach, and you have to cut all the way up to your sternum before a secondary uh, samurai cuts off your head. Now, the story is is all centered around that one uh, action, 
But the reasons for the samurais taking their lives and, and their motivations for it is honestly what makes the movie so so compelling. It's it's one of those things where I saw it was like I can see what drove the samurais to 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 commit this action and and uh, the despair, the the you know also the honor that they're displaying as far as uh, their culture and stuff. It's it, it was really impressive to see one whole movie, one whole story revolving around one specific action. Um, there weren't a lot of fight scenes in the uh, film. There, were, in fact, there was really only two fight scenes, and they both happen at the uh, end of the towards the middle and the end of the third act. And you know, being that it's a samurai film, most most of the time when you check out a film about samurais and samurai culture, you're you're expecting a lot more fight scenes and that sort of stuff. But this was more of a drama. Um, you didn't see a lot of action throughout. You mostly saw what it was like to be born into the samurai class and um, the misgivings and, and, and the goings on with, with that um, different clans and stuff. Um, and what it takes to kind of lead that, like that samurai spirit of, you know, giving a life in service of, you know, your Lord and stuff. So, um, but then that leads me to his other film, 13 assassins, which that one was the exact opposite. That was just action from beginning to end. That was just blood and guts and gore and all that stuff and all the great mm-hmm. stuff that you kind of expect from uh, from a good, awesome action samurai flick. But again, this one also had an amazing, compelling story. It was a really good story regarding, you know, essentially one samurai that feels it's his duty to uh, end the life of um, the, the shogun's brother because he's an evil person and he wants to uh you know essentially bring war back to japan and even though the duty of all samurai is to serve their their lord and their shogun a band of 13 samurais take it upon themselves to essentially disown that uh that loyalty essentially kind of turn their back on their samurai code of uh always being loyal to their shogun no matter what and so now you have the Band of 13 versus essentially a small army of samurais who, who are still sticking to their code. They, they know that this um, shogun's brother is an evil man, but because they believe in the uh, code of the samurai and defending their lordship you know, at all costs, like laying their life down, they won't turn their back on him. And that sets up a, an amazing sequence, an amazing battle towards the end. An awesome, an awesome, you know, play of uh, in the in the movie of cat and mouse. Essentially, the two different uh, leaders of the two groups kind of trying to, um, I guess, uh, you know, be one step ahead of their their opponent until the final showdown. And that final showdown was amazing. That final showdown had amazing action, amazing uh, sequences, really amazing. Uh, compelling story for each one of the samurais uh that represented the 13 assassins and the ending was also really really amazing too as far as you know what we believe is represented in samurai culture which is the romanticism of you know laying your life down for a good cause and living a a a, the lifestyle of a uh of a samurai an honorable lifestyle at all costs and um i thought it was an awesome representation of that that being said it is very well documented that 
film and the film industry has has romanticized the samurai culture much more than what the samurai culture really was um so there's there's that that you need to kind of go into with that you should kind of do your research and understand what the samurai culture really really was so that you don't just take a look at these films and and assume that this is how it always was and every single samurai was you know this way but that being said you know, it, it, amazing films, amazing action, and highly recommended for anybody that wants to see, you know, blood and guts and gore and cutting and all that stuff. I'm also in the middle of watching a film that has changed my mind. Also by, God, why can't I remember his name? Takashi Miki, right? Yep. It's his it's his hundredth film and it's Blade of the Immortal, yeah. which is based off of a manga. And I've always sworn off watching films based off manga just because I've seen a bunch and it just doesn't look good. I think it looks terrible. This film is actually changing my mind on that. I'm about halfway through it. I'm watching it in pieces. Um but <laughs> as long as it's as long as it's Takashi, I'm 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 all in. This is a careful how really you say pieces when you when you talk about that film. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's well. I've already seen pieces. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All over the place. That um, that is a great film. But I would say that, like, I haven't read the manga, but I can. I I feel like they're not doing it in a cheesy way. Like they're they're hitting a lot of the 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 manga tropes, um, but they're doing it well. I think it does help that I I bet you that Blade of the Immortal isn't a shonen style manga where you have a lot of like you know, funny moments and eye-popping moments and a lot of that stuff. So I think that it helps that the manga is probably a little bit more rooted into more realistic human actions and stuff, mm -hmm. even though it's fantasy and, and, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm checking that out. And that's, um, so I've, I've just been geeking out the entire week on on all samurai films, samurai action, which is probably why I thought about Samurai Champloo um after uh jose mentioned cowboy bebop so um but yeah that's that's what i've been geeking out over yeah well listen oh, you boys. you should really you should really check out um a couple more of takashi Mike's films like i said he's like you said he's got a lot of them but he's also adapted jojo's bizarre adventure I don't um, know, man. he's also he's also adapted ace attorney Whoa. you know and Again, see those. See those. I'm worried about because those have yeah. like really weird design. They're 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 shown in manga. You know, like uh, like Ace, Ace Ace Attorney has like a crazy hairstyle with big, you know, Pokemon style eyes and mm -hmm. stuff. I just don't. I I just feel like there's like you know a disconnect between what I read and what I see on 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 screen. Yeah, I don't I don't know hard. if yeah. he he's gonna lean into that shonen jump uh look where it's you know that like you said the whole you know big eyes and and the tropes that you see in manga when it comes to stuff like that because he is known to be a very bloody and a very violent director. I mean one of his, one of his clearly one of his great movies. I don't know if you've seen this. There's a movie called Audition. It's a horror movie. He does horror. He does a lot of different styles. I saw that. You know, that was I him. I saw that when I was when I was checking out his. Well, I haven't seen the film, but like I was checking oh. out his IMDb, IMDb after um, seeing Harakiri, and uh, I saw that he does a lot of horror, which makes sense why the samurai films have like so much like like good technical blood and gore. Um, mm -hmm. It's probably because he, he's been 
you know, developing that skill through through horror and, yeah. and whatnot. Um, so, and which is why I think that like Blade of the Immortal is the perfect because Blade of the Immortal deals with like ghouls and immortal beings and chopping up bodies and all that stuff. And um, I, 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 it's it's like Blade of the Immortal brings all of his skills in one film. So yeah, that's, that's right up his alley so much. Uh, but I will give other manga movies a chance, even though my bar is set kind of high at the moment. But yeah, I actually saw the Bleach movie, which is not one of his, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. So there is, there See, are some. Bleach is another one that's out. similar to Blade of the Immortal in, in in style, which is a little bit more. It's like a Rurouni Kenshin, right? That's like more human oh. actions and stuff. You know what I mean? Speaking of Rurouni Kenshin, you have to watch those three films. You really do. I know. You've been telling me. And even when I told you about what I was geeking out over this entire week, you've been telling me, watch this too. So it's on my list. It's it's probably the next thing that I'm going to watch right after Blade of the Immortal. Sounds good. Blade of the Immortal, not Blade of the Immoral. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That would be cool. So, yeah. Blade of the Immortal. Uh, anyway, so Walt, boys, what are you guys geeking out over? All right, um, you guys want me to go? All right, so I guess I'm gonna be next up to bat. All right, um, I've I've been doing a lot of Netflix watching, and a show came out this week that I was really really excited for. That was the Umbrella Academy, but I'm not gonna geek out over that (laughs) because I didn't get a chance to watch it. So, but I. I do want to say, um, if you haven't watched the first season of Umbrella Academy, you really, really should. Um, and the second season is already out. It came out this Friday. And it's number one on the Netflix top ten list that they have. So there's no surprise there, right? But the Netflix show that I am geeking about is number nine on that list. It started out as number seven, but as, you know, Umbrella Academy started to dominate that list, it kind of dropped down a little bit. But this is a franchise that has been around for pretty much three decades, I would imagine, right? Um, We're talking about Transformers and Netflix's new animated anime show, um, Transformers, The War for Cybertron, and its trilogy. And this this particular um, set of episodes mm-hmm. is under the classification for that trilogy of Siege, right? So, um, like I said, Transformers and Hasbro have been around for like three decades. And, you know, you would think after some of the Michael Bay recent movies that, you know, some of the enthusiasm for Transformers as a franchise has kind of diminished, but, you know, we have a live action coming out hopefully in 2022. Um, There's another animated movie that's coming out by one of the directors of Toy Story, and now you have this one that came out by Rooster Teeth. They're the company that did this film. Rooster Teeth? Rooster Rooster Teeth? Really? Yes, wow. they did. Rooster oh, Teeth. Dude, that is uh, awesome, man. Rooster, Rooster Teeth has uh, come a long way from yeah. Red versus Blue. I mean, this is actually the first of their shows that is being, you know, put on like one of these big um, 
platforms because they're usually on like machinima and and you yeah, know yeah, things yeah. of that nature. Um, I think the the last one that they did was Genlock with Michael B. Jordan, which is supposed to be really good, and they're oh, getting a right. second season. I forgot season. about that. Oh man, yeah. Genlock is actually coming. Their second season is going to HBO Max. So Rooster Teeth is getting up there. You know what I'm saying? Man, applaud you guys. You uh, guys are awesome. I remember hearing about Rooster Teeth when I used to buy the Red versus Blue DVDs off of their website. <laughs> you know, yeah. and Red versus Blue is so good. It's it's such a classic, amazing fan made. Huh? <laughs> what was that? We don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm totally gonna. I'm. I, I can tell you right now that my next geek out's gonna be all uh, red versus blue because I need to rewatch that stuff. Anyway, there sorry, go. Walt. Go on. <laughs> no, no, no worries, no worries. Um. So, like I said, I, I this was actually something I was pretty excited for because they're featuring the Gen One characters. Okay, so we're not talking about the Bayverse. We're not talking about you know beast wars we're not talking about any of those they're going back to the original gen one characters Mm -hmm. so much so that the first scene actually mimics the beginning of the um the cartoon show back in the 80s where you know the first scene is wheeljack and bumblebee trying to escape from the decepticons well in this one you get the same type of scene right so there's a lot of easter eggs in this film in this uh show it's six episodes. They're about 23 minutes long each, right? Sick. And um, they've already said that the other two parts of the trilogy is definitely going to happen. Now, the second part of the trilogy is going, to be called, is going to be called Earthrise. And the third one is Kingdom. And they recently put out a tweet kind of hinting at where Kingdom's going to fall. And let's just let's just put it this way: there's talk of gorillas and animals, so you can kind of beast guess wars. that they're leaning towards beast wars. Yeah, exactly. Oh, beast wars! I love beast wars. Yep. So that's that's what they're setting themselves up for. Um, this is if you're expecting '80s Transformers, this is not the show that you're going to be you're you're going to be getting because. Really? It's a very, very different show. Um, it almost feels like this is a show for all the kids that watch the 80s show and are not grown up. Because you're not going to get the Optimus Prime that you're accustomed to. The regal, the all-knowing, the powerful leader of the Autobots. In this show, you get a an Optimus Prime that doesn't have a full grasp of his troops, where his troops openly question the things that he does. Um, you see him a little bit greener, trying to find his footing as the leader of the Autobots, and he absolutely gets his ass handed to him by Megatron within the what? first no five minutes of the show. Yep. Would you would you would you consider this like a reboot of the classic Transformers? It, it, it sounds like it, this is like, hey, let's re let's reboot it, let's retell the story a different way. It it kind of feels that way because, um, like I said, these are not the these are not the the characters that we know. Like I said, Optimus, we already see that Optimus is way different from, you know, 
like I said, that regal, mature leader that we're used to, that, you know, he offers wise words. There, there are times that you almost feel like he's even questioning himself. And like I said, his troops actively say, dude, what the heck are you doing? Dude, this is stupid. You know, so we're, we're not seeing the optimist that we know and love, right? Megatron, and, and the thing about it is that there's a lot of character development that we didn't see from the original show. So Megatron here is the leader of the Decepticons, obviously, but he's a very self-assured leader. He's a dictator. He's a fascist. He, you see there are several scenes of him with, you know, him up on, on a, uh, a stage almost, very reminiscent of the Third Reich, where he's spouting propaganda and alternative facts to the masses where he kind of makes the Autobots look like terrorists in their eyes so that he can go ahead with his agenda, right? Which is basically to get rid of them or to have them turn over to the Decepticons. Um, the Autobots in the show is a decimated race. I mean, you're, you're talking about as bleak and as depressing as you can get, there's only maybe like a handful of Autobots left that are fighting this rebellion. Um, and Bumblebee, which has one of the biggest character arcs in the show, starts out, he's not even an Autobot. He's what? a scavenger who is playing for self, who's focused this is a all about for survival. Sure. Oh, yeah, this absolutely. A reboot. All about survival. He doesn't care about Optimus. He doesn't care about the Autobot cause. He doesn't care about the Decepticons. He's just looking out for himself, selling Energon to whoever can afford it. And, you know, all he, he repeats this. He says all he wants to do is survive. And he gets kind of you know, embroiled in the conflict, uh, you know, of the show. Another character that has a huge arc is Jetfire. Um, and he starts out as the Decepticon, and I'll leave it at, at that. But the show, it deals with a lot of themes of honor. Um, a lot of the characters are driven by that theme, Jetfire being one of them. Um one disappointing thing is that Megatron, at the very beginning, you kind of see that he's a very complicated character because there's a point where another character brings him a, a plot to be able to decimate the Autobots completely. It's, we're talking literal genocide, and he actually stops and says, you know what? I need to think about it because you can tell at that at that point he doesn't think it's the honorable thing to do. And is disappointing to you? Unfortunately, toward the middle of the show, he reverts back to the twirling evil kill the Autobots for whatever reason. But like I said at the very beginning of the show, he's a very interesting character because both him and Optimus they share a past together. Uh, they share a "Quote unquote," sensei together. Um, right. They are, you know, they're looking at ruling Cybertron, but in very different ways, and that's the conflict between them. 
And again, this is one of the things that I, I, I wish we had more of because they don't really get into the type of relationship and what their relationship was prior to what's happening on the show, which is, for me, a missed opportunity. And maybe it's because mm. of the, the length of the series and the shortness of the series. Um, they talk about how the Decepticons were the the... The, cl- the political climate of Cybertron prior to the, the war was that the Autobots or those robots like them were the one percenters and the Decepticons were, you know, the workers, the laborers, the slaves, you know, the gladiators. And Megatron was the one that took the teachings of the Sensei, corrupted it, and rose the Decepticons up and started a revolution against the One Percenters. And to me, that's a very, very interesting take on the on the Transformers, but we don't get enough. You know? Well, I mean, it's three parts. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get more of that in, right. in the parts that are coming. Um, that sounds very no, Magneto-Xavier-esque. No, absolutely. It, 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 it does seem like they're setting it up. Um, and Bumblebee and, and, sounds like Wolverine like he doesn't really buy into anyone's ideology well you know what he's not the only one because the lines between Autobot and Decepticons are really blurred in the show hmm. you see you know Autobots and Decepticons crossing lines at least what like three or four times yeah somewhat okay. so so there is you know there is a a struggle with the political concept of what they're doing, and you see the characters struggling with it also, which, like I said, very, very interesting, but we don't get enough. So right. um, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm probably going to check out at least the first couple episodes today, right after oh, this. I, well, I definitely right after think lunch. you should. Like I said, they're very short episodes. It's only like 22 minutes. Um, there are six episodes, so if you, if you, you know, you can devote three hours or you can just spread it up, you know, during the the course of the week. It's a stark contrast from the films because, like I said before, it's very dark, very depressing. Um, There is no jokes. Unlike the films where, you know, you're dropping a joke, you know, every five seconds. I don't think there was one at all. You know, it's it's uh, they a were very, very few and far between. Yeah, it's a very very somber thing. Um, speaking about the animation, it's some of the fight scenes are really really well animated, but overall, to me at least, um, the animation for the robots is very clunky. But I guess, in a matter of speaking, they're really trying to convey you know the form of the toys right because they do look like toys they really do but they're they're mechanical toys they're they're huge toys they're robots they're sentient beings and all of them you know you're not looking at shiny robots they're they're all broken they have war scars there's there's scratches there's dents there's holes that you can tell that all of these robots have been in a war for Cybertron, you know? So um, 
it, to me, it's a, it's a very interesting show to, to get into. Um, if you're into Transformers, if you're into especially the G1 versions of the Transformers. The greatest um, versions. Right, exactly. Um, just know this. It's not going to be the guys that you're used to. That's um, interesting. There's actually other factions besides the Autobots and Decepticons. So um, I have one more those, question for you. Yeah, sure. So being that we're, for the most of it, like you, myself, Jose, we're like Gen 1. I, I mean, are, did the boys kind of grow up on Gen 1 Transformers? Mm-hmm. All right. So since we're all Gen 1, um, well, it's probably like Gen 0, but since we're all pretty much Gen 1, um, <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you feel about like do you feel like it's a uh, uh hey i gotta be a little bit of comic relief here <laughs> no, um, no i get it <laughs> no, i'm joking um do you are you liking it are you liking that there's a refresh or do you wish they had gone to the kind of original because to be honest with you like i like what i'm hearing about megatron like there being conflict with him and stuff like that but i'm not too thrilled about optimus prime not being the the wise, all-knowing, you know, righteous, you know, character. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit sad in hearing that. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. We've seen that Optimus so many times before. To see an Optimus that's fallible, to see an Optimus that doesn't have, you know, the full faculty of leadership, you know, um, I, I actually kind of find the find it. A little refreshing. I think. I think it's. I mean, I, yeah, it's I a story that that needs to be told because we've always seen Optimus as kind of like this godlike figure, right? Yeah. Optimus can never do anything wrong. It's almost refreshing to see how he got to that point, and you know, yeah, yeah. in this one here, it, it's you're kind of seeing. But like I said, I wish there was more. That's that. That's the only thing that I, that I'm kind mm. of not liking about the series is that they put out a really, really interesting plot point or a really, really interesting character development. And they kind of, they kind of give you, give you a little bit, they go maybe 50, 60% and then they pull it back, you know, mm, and Megat- Megatron right. is a perfect example because Megatron, the way we saw Megatron at the very beginning of the show was something that was like, I want to know more about that guy. And then we get back to, okay, we're just here to kill all the, 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 the Autobots. And I mm. wish they had kept with the Megatron that we saw at the very beginning of the show because that Megatron had layers. That Megatron was complex. That Megatron, I mean, literally, he had a chance to wipe the Autobots off the face of the planet. And he chose not to. He said, you know what? I've got to think about this. I got to think about, you know, the consequences. I got to think that to me is interesting, you know, yeah. to see Megatron say, yeah, let's kill them all. We've seen that before. And yeah, we have, to your you, point know, with like, you know, Transformers used to be obviously much more simplistic because it was a kid show, you know, um, mm-hmm. but now that it's for us, it's like, well, these kids are adults now. Let's give them something a little bit more meat on the bones. But uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. I'm totally looking forward to checking it out. Well, it leads up to um, we do have the arc in the show, which interesting. I, I just found out in researching this. Um, the arc was never called the arc in the original uh, cartoon show. The arc got its name from a Marvel comic book. 
and they kind of mm. went with it afterwards. They never named the ship in the original comic book show, in the original cartoon show, which mm. I found interesting. But whatever. Um, but it, they do have the arc. Um, there are there are there is some mysticism involved, which which I enjoyed. Um, ultimately, you go back to a story about the Allspark, which I guess with Transformers you can never not tell that story. But um, there's a twist to that because the Allspark is not the only thing that drives um, some of these Transformers. You know, you do have the, the matrix of leadership, but there's another thing which I think is pretty interesting. But again, I would like to see them flesh it out Hopefully they do in the second and the third seasons. But for me, as a, an OG Transformer fan, um, there are some slow moments in the middle, but I'm, I'm there, and I actually want to see what they do in the second season. Cool. Sounds good to me. Right. That's deep. Um, I guess I'm going to go sit next. Okay, so go for it. Uh, I actually I have a I lot can of barely hear you, so let's get a little mm-hmm. close to the mic I, over there. <laughs> yeah, um, I have a lot of geek out, so I'm gonna try and do this quick. So my first, my first geek out is Naruto. I've been watching that a lot lately, and mm-hmm. after watching a bit more than a season and a half, mm, I'm kind of in the middle about this. Uh, some positives of this season for me were the more diverse jutsus. I'm starting from season, I think, season five, the beginning of season five, and I'm, I ended basically around in the middle of season six for me. That's where, that's where I stopped watching a little bit. Okay. But some positives, which are the more diverse jutsus, it was it was cool to see, really. Like one character that I really liked was Kimimara, um, which is Orochimaru's. He Orochimaru raised Kimimara. His jutsu is especially different and cool in many ways because he can be able to pull different bones and do weird things with his bones, like create a bone sword with. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about that guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. He he can mess with his bones, and it, it's pretty cool seeing that. He could pull out his spine. Yeah, he pulled out his spine, which is pretty crazy. Because that's awesome. something you could normally do. <laughs> but, yeah, my, my second thing that I really liked was the curse marks. The curse marks are kind of cool. It's not necessarily the best. I've seen it done before, but I feel like they pull it off really well. Basically, so to explain it a little bit more, the curse, basically what happens is Orochimaru gives you this sort of tattoo or curse mark that whenever activated, it the tattoos go all over your body and it makes you stronger. You can do more jutsu and um, you have more chakra. But then there's a second stage to it. You turn into like some sort of devil. When, whenever that happens, it you turn into this mutated monster, basically, which is something I really liked because it's kind of, it's very, some some designs for the monsters can be creepy, 
some can be cool, and it's very diverse. But, as you guys would guess, the main problem with this is that it was corny. Naturally. Knew that was coming. Yeah. It focuses too much on the character's past, and sometimes after, after, after it gets a little bit repetitive, it can turn out sometimes corny or boring, at least for me. And then whenever you're in the middle of a scene that's really important, all of a sudden a flashback occurs and it just stops, it just interrupts your the show. And it's, it's not really, I don't like how they did that there. My second geek out, which is my main one, Minecraft Dungeons. Part two. Wait, what? Didn't we cover Minecraft Dungeons before also? Is this like an expansion? No, Minecraft Nether update you're talking about. Oh, okay, my bad then. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, it's fine. But um, sure. I've been waiting for this game for a while, and it's, it's a Minecraft RPG game, which is really cool. This new game takes one of the most popular games around the world and adds a story to it, which is something I really liked. They expand mostly on the Illagers, a, a group of, I guess you could say, evil villagers um, who just raid stuff. And they add a story behind it. They give it meaning, which is something that Minecraft doesn't do at all. They add the Arch Illager, which is his story. Is basically he was cast out. He had a powerful artifact, and then he took control of all the Illagers, basically. And in my opinion, I think this is a great addition to the Minecraft franchise because it adds variety, which is something you do not see. It adds, it adds more unique. It. It's not just a standard Minecraft experience. It's yeah. more it's more geared toward the people that like um Diablo. Diablo. You know. Ultimate that, Alliance. Ultimate Alliance. It's those uh, that type of RPG where hmm. highly four structured. People, yeah, four yeah. people are basically dungeon crawling, right? Yeah. And that that's what I really like. They add variety to weapons, armors, and even enchantments, which I would love to see come to Minecraft. But furthermore, there are many mobs and bosses you can fight. Like, my favorite one is the Nameless one, which is basically a necromancer who summons Egyptian guard-styled skeletons with spears, which is pretty awesome. Even if the story is a little bit corny. But... And my last one, my very last one, which is me and Andre's geek out. Uh, Dokkan Battle. Ah, yes, the anniversary. The one that has garbage summon rates. They're not garbage, bro. They are completely trashy. You're just jelly because I have Vegeta 85% and Gogeta 69%. You're just jelly, jelly. So All right, jelly. everybody, strap yourself in. Yeah, I'm ready. But okay, putting aside that, um, it's fifth anniversary. Yay! 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 
we got new LRs, Gogeta and Vegito, who can both transform to SSB. And then in part two, we got, um, who was it? It was Broly uh, with Chi-Lai and Lemo and Goku Black, both LRs. And that's not just regular Goku Black, Goku Black Rosé. Oh, and did I forget to mention, the other Goku Black, but this time wearing a wearing the Supreme Kai's clothes. He's also an LR. And even furthermore, on top of that, you can Extremes Awaken him. So now, LRs normally go to 150. That's their cap. This guy can go an extra 20, 30, 40 levels with Extreme Z Awakening. Yeah, and that's that's pretty crazy. My so, God. Um, I'm just going to go over the things I liked about these units. Um, one, thing I, one thing I really liked about uh, the first two LRs were their summon. I mean, not summon animation. Their animations. It really brought them to life, and it also takes from... Uh, well, at least for Gogeta, it takes them It's kind of a little bit the same as the movie, which I know that sound that doesn't sound... They adapt them from the movie. Yeah, they adapt them from the movie. And I know that doesn't really sound like a really good thing because I know seeing the same... Seeing the thing from the movie is a little bit repetitive. and But if anything, it, it's really cool for me because it's... It's really much like the movie, and that's what I liked. And Vegito, eh, I don't really know what to say about him. I, I, guess I, I think you do know what to say. You, you're just trying to be nice. Mm. Mm. At least he's not like Omega Shenron in Dragon Ball Legends. So th- this game, Dokkan Battle, is a, a card-based game, right? Yeah. And so each of these characters that you get is a card, right? Yeah. And they have different attributes and they have different... It's almost like a Pokemon thing where it's like red, green, blue yeah. type of things. Leaf, wind, stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And when you, when you refer to LRs and URs and Zenkai Awakenings and all this other stuff, that is you collecting enough of the the material that you need in order to power up these characters, right? Yeah. These yeah. character cards, right? You need to gather certain uh, medals. They're called awakening medals. You get enough of them, you can perform uh, a Z-Awaken. Or Dokkan. Yeah, Dokkan is when they get, like, super buffed. Yeah. So that actually changes the card, right? Yep. Yeah, it- so, like, you can have a regular, um, I don't know, like a... Gogeta base form. Gogeta base form, and then when you Zenkai Awaken, they beca- they go into God God mode or something like that? Well, for SSG Go- God? Well, yeah. the funny thing with the Goku Black LR is that he's already in Super Saiyan Rosé. What changes is the power and intensity of his super attack. Okay. And it even adds an extra one because when you make it an LR, it goes like all the way to like yeah. full power. But there are and some characters that change though because yeah, there are some isn't, it, isn't it Zamasu that can change to Goku Black when yes. you do the awakening? Yeah. He, he's originally Zamasu and then he becomes, I just wish to become 
Goku, but body switched Zamasu. Yeah. Okay. And also, not not even that, but um, just like the Gogeta cards, sometimes when you Dokkan awaken them, like Gogeta base form does not turn to SSB Gogeta right away. What happens is he once you Dokkan awaken him, he turns into Gogeta base form. But this Gogeta base form, the Dokkan await awakened one, which is an LR, can actually transform to SSB Gogeta in battle. Yeah, that's his active skill, right? Yeah. And then some can have an extra active skill, which allows them to do a Even new type more. of attack. So it's pretty crazy. All right. So you build a deck. You fight characters through story mode. Yeah. You can do multiplayer online with yeah. other with other people or no? It's complicated. Yeah. Okay. Like, Legends wholeheartedly supports that. But with Dokkan, it's very it's very different. Like, you'll have your deck, but then, like... Because the only online type of mode that you have in Dokkan is, is the World Martial Arts Tournament. And that comes every few months, few weeks. Oh, so it's, it's very not a rare. Per, it's not a persistent multiplayer. It's It no. drops every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then oh. you don't even fight other people. You're fighting other people's teams, but they're run by a computer. Oh, so it's like ghost mode almost, right? Yeah. Okay. And just in case you haven't noticed, we're global players. Global players, not JP players. We live in okay. America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Just trying to to let people know exactly what Dokkan Battle is because I can imagine just listening, they're a little confused as to what Dokkan Battle could be, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And I guess that f- makes it fall to me. <sighs> okay. All right. One of the first things, uh, I, I didn't have much in the way, of, I, I didn't get to do much, but what I did do yesterday was I was able to watch two movies. I felt rather nostalgic, so I went ahead and watched them. The first one I watched was the original Mummy with Brendan Fraser. Not the one, I know the original, original Mummy is black and white, but I'm talking about the action movie. It was fun. Good one. <laughs> like I did, there, there are obviously the, the jokes that didn't land, but the ones that did, my God. Uh, you you watched it with me too. Remember yeah. that guy Benny? Um, Benny's my favorite. <laughs> I love Benny. Benny. <laughs> he you can't, he's a, you can't do stuff without Benny. He's yeah. about to throw him off the boat. You can't kill me. Why? Because I have children. You don't have any children. One day I might shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a good movie. Benny is a classic. Little little things like that. Benny's awesome. (sighs) Yeah. And then, of course, you know, the creature feature is the mummy. He's 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 pretty 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 OG. Pretty pretty awesome. You know, it was just a fun watch overall. But now. The other movie that I watched, I actually watched this in response to some rather recent news regarding a, an up-and-coming remake of this movie. Oh, yeah. And that is going to be Godzilla vs. Kong, except I watched the original Showa version from 
19, let me, let me get this right, 1962. I went way back. That's old school. It was, oh man, like I I knew that it wasn't going to hold up well and I did enjoy it, but damn. I mean, Eli, you saw you, you saw it with me too. What were your thoughts on it? Because you saw that for the first time. I know you're gonna say it's corny, okay, but aside from that, aside that, seeing that and knowing they're gonna do a remake of this very old movie, does it make you that much more excited about the remake for Godzilla versus Kong? Honestly, being completely honest here, I'm kind of, I'm not that hyped because the one thing I didn't, the two things I really, the three things that I didn't really <laughs> like about this movie was King Kong. I I know they're going to change this, but it, it didn't really help the hype seeing King Kong's face. Okay, all, all right, come on, it's... <laughs> It's a meme. Get, get. It's evolved into a meme by now. Come on. Yeah. But if if anything, being completely serious here, the I didn't really like how King Kong was really losing to Godzilla the first few, and I didn't really like the fact that he had to have like electricity as his power. It didn't really make sense. Yeah, that's he, actually not a power he had before in the movies, even before that. Yeah, and I didn't really like that. But if if anything, considering uh, what Skull Island, Kong Skull Skull Island was, it's I guess I could say, um, I think it's gonna be good. The remake, though. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting revisiting this movie. Uh, <laughs> I I know I've said this in the past, but like it. I am, I'm always amazed by the the hidden, or rather, the subcurrent messages that are in this movie. Like, what is uh, one of the th- one of the ways? Because Godzilla, he doesn't come out right away. He actually starts off frozen in an iceberg, and just it, it kind of the way he was released. Um, because the way he was released is because there was a, a current that goes from Tokyo. I mean, not Tokyo. It goes to Tokyo, and it had been heating up. And so because that current was heating up, it you know, he started coming loose. And I just couldn't help but think to myself, I'm sorry, is this a... Is this a... Is this global... Is this a, is this a warning for global warming? <laughs> Well, a lot of those old movies were socially responsible in their message. Yeah. You know, you look at um, Godzilla, the original Godzilla, and that was basically an allegory for, you know, the World War and the dropping of the bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Yep. You look at stuff like um, Godzilla versus Hedera, and that was an allegory for um, Save Save the Earth, right? You know, pollution and things of that nature. So, you know, the... People look at Godzilla as being a creature feature from back in the days, but there were actually messages in those in those films that that actually resonate even today, if you think about it. 
Yeah. Shiro Honda, you really did it well. And that's really my geek out, you know? Oh, and the news that I was referring to. Well, it's not really news, more so uh, an update of sorts. You, We recently, uh, there was a higher resolution image for the Godzilla versus Kong uh movie that that'll be coming out hopefully hopefully soon (laughs) (laughs) and i gotta say it it looks really good um kong is not as small as i thought he was gonna be Uh, it looks like it's gonna be a pretty even match but i don't know me being the godzilla fan I, i think remember in the movie when kong first fought godzilla he started doing his uh, atomic breath, and he was like, "Huh, you know what? Uh, I think I maybe I should reconsider this." And he yeah, literally, he Kong literally walks away, scratching his head. <laughs> He's well, contemplating his life decisions. Those are those are the the old school, <laughs> the old school films and stuff. He is um, having a laugh right now. Yeah. Well, think of it this way: Is the new Godzilla? Is the new King Kong bigger or is the new Godzilla smaller? Well, it looks like I would, I would think based on the way Legendary is doing it is that they've they've grown up Kong. Yeah. Right. Because at the end of the movie, Godzilla was fully king of the monsters. Right. Yes. So. So yeah, it uh, looks like they scaled him up. Jose, you you and I remember. Uh, Saturday afternoons watching Godzilla and the King Kong movies yeah. and, and all the Kaiju movies back in the days, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. Those those films, and I think that's where, you know, AJ got his love of those films because I love those films way back in the days also. Right. That was something that I was, it was kind of like must-see TV whenever whenever they came up on Channel 9, I think it was, right? Was it Channel 9 or Channel 11? I can't remember. What, what even was Channel 9 back then? It wasn't UPN. It wasn't My 9. No, it was WOR back then. WOR, Channel 9. I think it was Channel 9. It used to come yeah. on in New York City in the yeah, and, and, and 11 was WPIX. Still is right now, right? Or Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah it's but, 11. <laughs> I used to love those films, man. I know they don't they don't hold up as well now. Especially the um, the man in the suit <laughs> and some of those. Uh, but that's the thing. I love the fights between the man in the suit. Yeah, well, those were cool. I mean, those you know how they, they did those fights. Oh, they sped it up. They sped up the film to make it look like they were. No, actually, no. They slowed it down. Yeah. Right. They because, had to slow it down. Yeah, because they the way they filmed it, it would look too weird. They would be too fast for how big yeah. they are. So they had to sl- they have mm-hmm. to slow it down to make it look like more 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 gravity more impact to it. Otherwise, yeah. it would look really ridiculous. I used to love to see those slap fights. Excuse me, slap fights between guys in suits at normal speed because that's what a lot of those fights boil down to. Besides the the fun little asides like I don't know Godzilla playing soccer with with people and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's where we got those memeable moments. Like in this movie, for instance, you Season. got your eat, you got your eat your vegetables meme. With when he tried to yeah. stuff it down, <laughs> yeah. the tree down his throat. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yep. Listen, the, the best scene from from those old films were were when um, Godzilla and King Caesar got into a soccer match. Uh, <laughs> you remember that mm-hmm. with that Anguirus? Was... Oh, but that was that was the Millennium series. That was long after. No, I know, but but still, you know those those films. They, you know, as impactful as they were, you know, they they did know enough to cheese it up when when appropriate, right? There's a lot of oddities in those films for sure, for sure. Yeah, but that's part of what makes them so beloved. Like the fact that they're willing to be campy and corny and all of that stuff in service of telling a fun and silly and an exciting story that always does have those, like you, like you guys have mentioned those interesting themes about like nuclear war and, and all these other things that are underneath Godzilla and King Kong and like man versus nature and, you know, tradition versus you know progress. All that stuff is hidden underneath King Kong and Godzilla. And yep. that's why, I mean, I, like I said, I really enjoyed the last movie. Uh, King of the Monsters, and I am looking forward to this one, as noted by you guys as well, whenever the heck it comes out, Um, and however the heck they plan on having, in my opinion, King Kong bridge the power gap and defeat Godzilla, because he bridged the size gap, we'll find out why that is, but the power gap is, I don't know if you can beat a nuclear lizard, I'm not really sure if that's possible, we'll see. Oh, you never know. They'll they'll probably give um, Kong lightning powers like they did in the old movie. They'll find a way. You know? There'll be there'll be another big yeah. bad anyway. They already leaked an image of that possibly as well of another so another kaiju. We have to update our collection, right? Because we're missing we're missing a couple of movies. We have a we actually have a a full Godzilla collection with all the DVDs, but I think we're missing a couple, right? I think we're only missing one, and that one is, is that by Violante. No, we have Violante, 1984. Oh, and I think that's the one that's hard to find, right? Yeah. Okay. And if I also remember correctly, we also might not have Megalon. No, I think we have Megalon in the two-pack. There's, there's one that's like a two-pack. Maybe. I don't think so. Yeah, so... Is he looking? That's that. Uh, <laughs> That is my geek out for the geekdom geek geekinator of geek power. Yeah, we don't have Megalon. Damn it. So there's just a couple missing. Oh, well. All right. All right. Well, I'm yeah, looking man. forward to seeing the movie. All right, let's wrap this up soon. So we'll see. But yeah, let's it's it's about that time. We've all managed to give our geek outs for the week. Um, as always, we want to thank all of our fans out there as we talked about at the head of the show thank you for dealing with any sound artifacts any sound issues we are recording remotely as a result of the ongoing COVID epidemic we're just trying to be safe so if you have any sound issues please let us know and we'll see what we can do to iron those out and make it sound better and better and better every day every moment every week as much as we possibly can um as before as noted before as well Please, the best way to support us if you like our podcast is to like the podcast, rate, share, subscribe, 
Check it out on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. Like, rate, share, and subscribe. Give us feedback on those platforms as well as on our Instagram page at Get Geek Podcast. You can check us out there for sure as well. We have a lot of great content on there. Thanks for joining us once again for a Geek Out episode. And from all of us at the Get Geek crew, to all of y'all out there in geekdom, stay geeky, my friends.